Hello, hello, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Gold Digger Proof Podcast, where we celebrate women building their own millions. I'm your host, Tina Lee Jones, and on today's show, we have a phenomenal woman who is just popping in them Cincinnati journalism streets, honey. As the breaking news anchor for Fox 19 Now Morning Show, co-host of The Morning Extra and host of Cincinnati Connection, Sharice Gibson is a trailblazing journalist constantly reaching new heights. In 2016, she was elected president of the Greater Cincinnati Association of Black Journalists. And although she's an accomplished award-winning journalist herself, she still serves as chairwoman for the Diversity Committee for Journalism and Women's Symposium. Sharice is a proud graduate of Southern University A&M College and is constantly advocating for HBCUs. Sharice, thank you so much for coming to the Gold Digger Proof Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. Oh, you're more than welcome. The pleasure is all mine. So, Sharice, now you're so successful in your career and have accomplished so much thus far. But did you always want to work in journalism? Is this something that kind of fell in your lap, or is this something that you prepared for over time? You know, honestly, um, I think that I just um, – honestly, this is not something that I thought that I would do. I, I kind of uh, fell in love with the notion when I walked into my first newsroom um, but journalism, um, creative writing is where I really initially started. And I've always been a creative writer, and I've always been a person who thought um, that I, I'd love to tell stories, whether it be fictional or nonfictional. Um, so as I started to move forward with my writing, um, I got into writing for news, and um, I was actually encouraged by one of my professors back at Southern University um, to pursue that as a career choice. Um, so I interned at WDSU TV and, and news, and once I got into that newsroom and I started writing for the first time with the producers and I got my chance to be on set and had an opportunity to work with the reporters, I think that's when I started to make that transition into creative writing um, and writing for television news. Um, so, you know, my initial job in this was uh, as a producer. Um, and it, that was behind the scenes. I always thought that I would be behind the scenes and behind the camera just writing for other people. But um, obviously that kind of parlayed itself into an on-air career. Well, I mean, it's good that you started in producing because now as an anchor, a newswoman, you're probably a little bit more diverse than the average, you know, newswoman or anchor woman. So would you say so? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Something I try to tell my mentees when I work with them, um, I never encourage anyone to just kind of out of the gate get a job on air. I always encourage people. Um, I have a mentee that I'm speaking to right now. Um, the first thing I wanted to know is why is it that she wanted to be, she told me she wanted to be a news anchor. Well, I asked her why, and I told her, first and foremost, I want you to be able to properly tell the stories that you're going to tell on air or at the desk. Um, so you have to improve your writing, and I want people to make sure that their writing is kind of on point because the way we tell these stories, I think that, you know, unfortunately in television news, sometimes we get caught up in thinking that it's about us and it's about the way we look on air and the way we sound on air, how our physical appearance is. Um, but 
essentially we need to take a step back into making this more about the story, making this more about the people that we're writing about, the people that we're talking about, and the communities that we're infiltrating, and the cities that we all move to. We have to find out what their story is, and once you find their story, if you don't know how to write, you can't properly tell their story. I've seen so many times young journalists um, take a story and completely butcher what could have been something really great or had a lot of potential because they didn't put a lot of time into learning how to properly write. So I think me starting off as an associate producer in New Orleans and then going on to a full-time producer in Biloxi, Mississippi was, was a, a big, huge blessing because I was mm. able to be uh, that make myself a better writer. And, and I, when I got on air and I became host of my show and I executive produced the show, it made writing for it so easy, so simple. Okay, wonderful, good. Yeah, I always tell people that no matter what industry that you're in, you shouldn't know just know how to do one job. It should be like at least three. So, you know, in case yeah. someone is, you know, is sick or, you know, you can just fill in and just, you know, do what you have to do to make things come together and work. But speaking yeah. of stories, speaking of stories, Cherise, um, now I know as a journalist, you get tons of story pitches all day, every day. So, oh, now, yeah. from what I hear, from what I hear, some are good, but most of them are ridiculous, or it's just how they may have the wrong approach, maybe. Now, being the expert journalist, what would be your top three pieces of advice to give an individual or maybe a publicist when pitching their story? Well, you know, one thing that I try to do, especially with, um, I have a soft spot for young entrepreneurs, um, and, and that's why I love being president of Greater Cincinnati Association of Black Journalists. Um, you know, we have a workshop that's coming up soon, and, and we're teaching um, some of these young entrepreneurs how to pitch their stories, because here's the thing. Uh, when you're in the newsroom, those emails, when you send them out to the station, they go to all of us. And I've seen some entrepreneurs become laughing stocks just based off of the email. They're not taken serious because they don't have the ability to explain exactly who they are and what it is that they're doing. You know, what is your brand? Um, mm -hmm. Why am I bringing them to the show? What's your story? So I think one thing that, um, you know, just number one on that list is first, is first, when you send that email out first, make sure it's grammatically correct. <laughs> no spelling. <laughs> And grammatically correct. Let me tell you, there's something like about, about bad grammar that makes journalists kind of eek a little bit, and it, it makes them not take you seriously because they feel like you did not properly put everything into looking over this email, and it can make a person just completely delete it. Check your grammar. Check your spelling. Um, the second thing I would say is be able to clearly, de clearly define to me what it is that you do, who you are and why you feel you should come onto the show. So I have people all the time, I tell them, you know, when you come on the show, especially on a show like Morning Extra, you got, what, three minutes, 30 seconds, four minutes at the most. And mm -hmm. in those four minutes, you have to explain to everyone who you are, what we do, why we're important, why this matters, and how to get in touch with you. And that's in four minutes. So if you have no clear, if you cannot explain that to me via email mm. or on the phone, I can't give you four minutes. <laughs> exactly. So right. have a clear definition of, of what it is that you do. And another thing is when you reach out, a lot of young entrepreneurs, a lot of times they work with 
um, PR that is, um, you know, not as experienced um, as some of the bigger PR companies and marketing companies, which is totally understandable. You have a low budget at this point, and you'll get to that point. Um, but work closely with your PR agent or whoever you are using. If it's a friend who's doing some pro bono work, I believe that you should work closely with them so that they can have an understanding of how you want to be marketed and how you want to be promoted and what do you want people to know about this brand and what you what you want to, to be out there. You know, when I do social media with Greater Cincinnati Association of Black Journalists, I, I speak with my social media coordinator about the things that we need to be putting out there. This is what we need to talk about. This is what I want to see retweeted. These are the videos we need to post. Um, these are the this is the direction. I want us to go in. And I feel it's, it's necessary because essentially this person is promoting your brand. If they're promoting it incorrectly or if it's coming across incorrectly, then it may not reach the masses that it needs to reach. Thank you so much for that because, you know, one thing, I'm not a journalist, but I know when someone sends me something via email that's grammatically incorrect, it just makes me cringe. So I can only imagine what y'all feel like. And you're absolutely right to make sure that, you know, that you and your uh, publicist communicate and y'all have a clear understanding as to how you want to be perceived. That's so important. That's so important. Now, Sharice, um, it's pretty obvious women are still dominating journalism school. But the newsroom, mm, that's a different story. Now, we pretty much know why, but can you please give, us, uh, give our listeners a little bit more insight since you work in the field of journalism and in the newsroom, why is it that we as women, we dominate the journalism schools and maybe like 1% or 2% men graduate out of journalism schools, yet we're the minority in the newsroom? Yeah, it, you know, being in television news is, is sort of, and I hate to make this comparison, but sort of like being in Hollywood, um, we have a men problem. <laughs> We have a men problem. You know, mostly we have male Hollywood directors, male Hollywood producers. We have the actresses that are making their debuts on the big budget screens. But the people, I think here's the thing, and this is why I hope that most people try to take the producer route instead of the on-air route. And this is not to keep young women off, of, off air. But a lot of us are so, um, we, we glorify being in front of the camera. We want to be the mm -hmm. actors, we want to be the star, we want to be the singer, mm -hmm. we want to be the journalist, the, the, the TV news anchor. You know, we glorify it, and we don't realize sometimes that is the weakest position to have. Mm -hmm. um, we, I think that we're not encouraging young women enough to take leadership roles in the newsroom. Um, and in and, and, and doing so, you can't always be the star. <laughs> you, you know, right. I, one of the things I did love, I loved about being a producer was I was the decision maker on what went into that show. I determined how that show went. And when you saw the numbers come back and you saw that you did an amazing job with that show and people watched and they took something from it, they, they kept their station, they kept their, their channels tuned in onto it, you were proud of that. Um, I think that a lot of us are being taught to jump in front of the camera 
instead of behind it. And that's why, you know, I'm happy when you have your Ava DuVernay's, um, your Rashida Joneses, who is over at MSNBC. You know, we have these amazing women who are behind the scenes really making it happen and really pushing a lot of young women into these leadership roles behind the camera so that they can become the VPs of CBS News and that they um, mm-hmm. can become directors over major motion pictures. You know, I think that we need to make a stronger push um, to be behind the scenes so that we can truly run everything. Um, all of that glitters isn't gold, and I know that's a, a cliche saying, but it's true. You know, being an on-air personality is, is, it's rough for the first, you know, maybe decade, I would like to say, you know, going into mm. your career. Um, and, you know, we still have our rough patches and rough periods. And I also think that when it comes to, you know, not dominating the newsroom, um, television news right now has a diversity issue. Um, and when I say diversity, mm-hmm. you know, culturally diverse, I think that we are missing, I'm not just speaking, you know, about race, I'm speaking about class differentiations, and I'm speaking about um, just age. We, we need to have different ages in the newsroom. We need to get younger people, middle-aged people, older people. We need to basically diversify exactly the way this newsroom is run. Something a guest told me recently is, you know, we are running, we're, we're talking about diversity as black and white, where we need to talk about it in a sense of being culturally relevant. And and I think being culturally relevant to some of the topics that we're talking about today would allow our newsrooms to reflect more of what America looks like. Wow. And that's so true. That's so, so true. And you know what? This is a perfect segue into my next question. Um, now, when I was doing research on you and just journalism as a whole, um, I found some information that was just staggering to me, and that is black women still only represent 2.5% of the overall journalism workforce. That is absolutely insane to me. Well, first of all, kudos to you for being a part of that 2.5%, okay? <laughs> kudos to you. Okay, we as black women, black journalists, what can black female journalists do to begin to start breaking those glass ceilings? Because I know one thing about you, uh, Sharice, you have an amazing work ethic. You even, you know, that's even in your Instagram bio. You have an amazing work ethic. I mean, look at you now. You're on, it's a Sunday afternoon. You don't have to be at work, but you're at work preparing for the week. So you'll be ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If that's it, you know, I, I've always, and you know what's funny, I've always just kind of been a hard worker like that, and I think that's, that's what led to such a rapid climb. Sometimes I have to tell myself that I need to, slow down and back off, but anytime I slow down, I feel like I'm not doing enough. So it's just, it's just something, a disorder that I have. Um, but as far as what black women, you know, need to do in order to um, kind of infiltrate this industry, um, it, I think, first of all, it starts with support, um, supporting each other. Um, this is a competitive industry, but what I have mm-hmm. seen a lot of is young black journalists um, really pushing each other in order to get to that next level. And I think that it starts with that major support. I think that black women need to start asking for what they're worth. I think that we mm-hmm. have, mm-hmm. we for too long, um, uh, you know, just kind of accepted what's been given to us. And, and we've just been grateful for what's been placed in front of us. But if you are working um, to the level in which I'm working, to the level in which other black journalists are working, and you feel that you deserve much more, then 
take that opportunity and take that chance to ask for it. And if you're working for a company that does not want to give you what you're worth, then don't be afraid to walk away from that and continue to go mm. elsewhere. I always say that if a person, if a company values you, if they value what you bring to the table, then asking for what you're worth and giving the extra money or giving that extra time or extra help, whatever it is that you need and you feel like you're doing what you have to do on your part, then please, by all means, ask for it because there are some people, I think that's the, that's the hard part with, with, with young black women. Sometimes I think that we are afraid to kind of take that step to ask for what it is that we're due even though we've been working, we've been putting in the hours, we've been putting in the time and constantly producing great work, great numbers. Um, and I think it's because we've been taught to just kind of take what's been given to us and be grateful for having it. And oh, I, no. think that we, I think that we can, be, we can move past that at this point. I think in Absolutely. Our, at this point of our life, we can move past that. Um, and let me tell you, and that's just not just for career. That's for that's in life. That's with friendships, relationships. I can go on and on and on. Um, you know, I think that we need to start asking for much better and for much more, and not being afraid to do so. Um, because at the end of the day, I will tell people this: a man will ask for what he's worth, and he will demand it. And if he doesn't get it, he will move on. And absolutely, nine times out of ten, he'll get it. So um, I guess my thing is support, asking for what you're worth, and also don't be afraid of a challenge. Um, you know, I just did a, I did a, a workshop um, with some of my journalist friends, and we were talking about um, applying for awards. And, you know, one of the things that uh, Alexis Rogers, who's with Channel 5, uh, mentioned is, you know, half the time these people win these awards, and literally all they did was apply. That was all they did was apply, and they, they questioned their work. They didn't know if it was good enough. They didn't know if it would measure up. But people really don't – we really underestimate ourselves. Young black women really do underestimate themselves. And, we and I don't know why we're phenomenal. We're black girl magic. We're phenomenal. <laughs> You're right. You're exactly right. We are. And, but you know what's funny? I think that – we didn't start to believe that we were until people started to tell us that we were. And that's why I love that hashtag, Black Girl Magic, because it wasn't until we started to see that echoed and we started to see, you know, the Kerry Washingtons and Viola Davises, you know, talking about this and talk about how phenomenal we are. Like, I love Gabrielle Union and Taraji P. Henson. Um, when you talk about the journalism field, Tamron Hall, you know, listening to her mm. talk about just how phenomenal we truly are. And, and how we are magic for Dreka Whitfield as well. I mean, you know, I think listening to these people talk about how absolutely phenomenal we are, sometimes we have to be reminded of that. So that's why I'm not afraid to consistently repeat it. And, and I know it sounds tired, but sometimes you do need someone to kind of be that echo in your ear saying, hey, you are fabulous. You're amazing. You can have mm -hmm. it. Look how hard you're working. Look at what you're doing. You're doing okay. Absolutely. I totally agree with you, Sharice, because sometimes you even have to stand in the mirror and say that as well. Like, I've had to do that, like, having a bad day. You know what, girl? You are the bomb. You are awesome. You got black girl magic, honey. You are the reason yeah. why they are so great because of you and what you bring to the table, and don't ever forget that. But, yeah, yes, sometimes we just have to be reminded. Go ahead, love. Yeah, one of the things that I do to really, um, I guess, push myself is I save my stories all the time. I save my shows all the time. 
Um, and, and, you know, today I was uploading a couple of shows on YouTube. And I was just thinking, I was looking at some of the shows, and I'm like, wow, that was a phenomenal show. Sharice, you killed that. Mm-hmm. It was the fact that you were knowledgeable about, knowledgeable about your topic. You were good on your follow-up questions. You really prepped for that. And, and seeing that, actually I did that today, and seeing that said, you know what, i got another show next week. Let me go in on this Sunday and let me prep again so I can be phenomenal the same way I was phenomenal on this day. I mean, honestly, when you kind of get that momentum going, it's kind of hard to stop. You're, once you're on the roll and that ball really starts rolling, you've got good stuff coming back to back to back, it's hard to really kind of, you know, end that. Yeah, you're absolutely right because I've had that momentum and got ball going. It, it feels great. You just want to keep going. <laughs> now, um, if a, let me just ask you this one question. If a woman is just starting to work in the newsroom, whether if she's an intern or a news anchor, what would be one major key to give her? Like, girl, whatever you do, don't do this. Or, girl, whatever you do, don't do that. Or make sure you do this. Or make sure you connect with that person. What would be that yeah. one major key for a, person, a woman who's just working in the newsroom, intern or news anchor? This I call that the I call it the sister code. Like you know, when you see one of your fellow sisters that are coming into the newsrooms, that you're trying to you're trying to keep them safe. Um, I I one thing that I would always tell the for well, starting off with interns. When I was one of those interns that that I was super intern. I I told you I walked into that newsroom, I got into that environment, and I just knew that this is where I was supposed to be. Um, so I, I naturally didn't have to wait for any, anyone to tell me to do anything. I jumped at the opportunity to write. I, I jumped at the opportunity to write along with the reporters, to do a stand-up. Um, I jumped at the opportunity to get on the desk. Anything that I was needed for, I wanted to know how can I do it and how can I do it better than I did it yesterday. Um, so I implore that to um, – interns, that when you get into that newsroom, that opportunity is what you make it. So you just being in the newsroom and just sitting in the newsroom gets you absolutely nothing. You will get nothing mm. from it. You have to be so active and you have to be so aggressive in your approach. And you have to be, a, literally, you're there to be a sponge. People are hiring wow. you based off of your experience inside of a newsroom. So they're, wow. they're and I think interns forget about that. I mean, I people are hiring you based off your opportunity, based off of your experiences inside of the newsroom. So they're so as an intern. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, as an intern, you're saying you're saying make sure you take strong initiative as an intern. Oh yes. Oh yes. Sitting around asking for someone to do things and doing the bare minimum just to get through and get your hours and get, you know, if it's a paid internship, get your pay, does nothing. It does not help you professionally. It's almost like going to the gym. And when you go to the gym, you decide to pick up the five-pound dumbbells. Okay, well, you could sit here and you could play with this little light dumbbell, but you still won't build up any muscle because you're just doing what you can just to say that you did it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, for the women, for the women who are working journalists who who get that first job, um, you know, the first job is always the hardest job because you're going to go through your kinks and you're going to go through 
um, trying to figure yourself out. You're going to try to figure your writing style. What am I good at? Reporting, anchoring, producing. You know, I think that that first job is always going to be that tough job. I would tell people to stick, to hang tight, um, and to stick it out. Because I think some people go through that first job and they go away, walk away from it saying, look, this industry isn't for me. And there are long hours. It's a lot of work. It's, a bad, it, it's bad pay. I'm not going to lie to you. That first, the first job is always bad pay and you work up to a good salary. Um, and once you mm-hmm. work up to that good salary, don't be afraid to ask for it. Um, but when you get that first job, just know that you have to put in an, an intense amount of work to prove yourself so you can make, make, make that next big market jump. Um, and also to become, a, and it's not, don't focus so much on the market jump. Focus on being a better and more quality journalist, on making, on, you know, growing your writing and, and finding better enterprise stories. And um, number one key to that, in order to, you know, do like I do every single day, I walk into the station, I don't gossip. That's, I, I, people don't understand how much gossip kind of kills it for, for you. It absolutely kills Major key, ladies, who's listening? Major key, no gossiping. It is. It's it, people don't. They don't understand. I said, you know, newsrooms. I've seen people leave careers, leave jobs because they just couldn't stand the toxicity of a newsroom. And I said, you know, I first of all, no human being will ever make me walk away from a job. No one will ever mm. make me leave. But I can tell you I, this: I have stayed away from participating in negative talk about other women, about other men. I just, I feel like it does not add value to my life. And it doesn't add value to my career, and it does not add to my resume um, to sit here and gossip with you about someone who has absolutely no effect on me whatsoever. You're absolutely right, and that's in any industry. Any industry, yes. it doesn't, yes. gossiping doesn't add to your salary, your portfolio, your life, your, 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 your home, your health. It doesn't add to anything. If anything, it's just bringing you down as a person because you look crazy. You look like a child in high school. So, that, you know, that's a major key, no gossiping. Amazing, yes. yes. And, and, Sharice, a huge congratulations to being nominated for um, in two categories. Now, can you talk about those two categories and where you nominated at? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is um, Best of Cincinnati. City Beat Magazine does, um, uh, I guess, these sort of kind of cool, this this cool issue where they, they choose the Best of Cincinnati. And so um, I, I didn't do a nomination. I didn't get a nomination last year. At least I don't think I did. Um, but I found out that I was nominated this year for uh, Best Journalist. And, and best TV news anchor, which is which is phenomenal, and I'm grateful for that nomination. And just to be thought of, um, to be in that category, to be in both of those categories, is phenomenal. I looked at the category list for uh, the best journalists, and and some of those people that are nominated on that list are people that I uh, truly admire. So um, I'm just I'm I'm just thrilled uh, to be you know a part of that nomination and to be recognized by the city in that that manner that I'm best of anything. <laughs> wow, yeah, just to be nominated, like you said, is just amazing. You know what they say? It's kind of like the Oscars and the Grammy. 
All you have to do is be nominated, and your grade goes up, your pay goes up. You know? <laughs> yeah. Is this in? Well, hopefully that's what happens. Um, hopefully that's what happens uh, with the Emmys and AP awards. Right now, we're in the midst of award season, so that's another reason I'm at the station, just trying to get some things together and and to to push them over to you know the awards ceremonies, and hopefully I'm. You get that nomination in. That's what I'm hoping for all of the journalists here, actually, um, that are part of my organization. We want to have an organization of uh, Emmy and AP awarded uh, journalists. Good. Amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Sharice, it's 2018, and it's a new year, girl. Everyone has goals, resolutions, but what's new and next for Sharice Gibson? What are you going to dominate in 2018? You know, I'm really excited about this year. Um, something, I have a feeling that this is, this is, and I know that people say this all the time, you know, uh, this is my year, you know, but I honestly have a feeling that this will be a life-changing year. Um, I'm taking a bigger emphasis on my health mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. I have an accountability group that I that I keep up with, so I'm taking yes. a uh, with my writing. I outside of television writing, um, I've been doing a lot of uh, creative writing, getting back into that genre, um, writing some uh, fiction books and essays. Um, right now I'm in the middle of writing a book about uh, a young black woman who is growing up in the South uh, to a religious family and she's battling um, this inner, I call it her inner, inner. I don't like to call it a demon, but it's like a, an, an inner sexual experience that she's feeling. Um, I mm-hmm. think that it's really phenomenal because when you talk about black women and sex and, and religion, you know, getting those three topics together almost seems taboo. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so to write about it, um, to write about it, it's, it's phenomenal. And I've, I've had women reach out to me and, and say, you know, if you need help or you need me to talk about my experiences, you know, people are interested in, in what they have, in what you have to say. I think that, it's a, it's sort of a way to liberate the black woman um, and liberate her experiences. But um, that's something that's in the works, honestly. Um, and that's among other things that I'm writing as well. So um, I'm doing some outside writing. And I think the show Cincinnati Connection, I'm always looking for an opportunity to take that to another level. We have had amazing guests. Um, we're showcasing a lot of people here in the city. We're talking about things globally. Um, and, I, and I'm proud. I'm very proud as executive producer of that show, of the director. Yay. And, um, and how we, and, and the direction that it's going in and how I have this team of people who are, you know, steadily working with me as I, I change it up or try to make it, you know, a little bit more creative. Well, good for you. Good for you for focusing on your, your health, your mind, body, and spirit. And, you know, kudos for your fictional writing. Can't wait till the books come out. Can't wait till the books. Make sure you keep us posted. We'll put you back on the show so you can promote that. And, I will. Um, since, and since you're such a certified gold digger, what would be your own personal gold digger tip, something that you can leave the ladies that are listening that, you know, maybe they want to work as a news anchor, as a journalist, something that you can leave with them, a gold digger tip that they can carry with them? A gold digger tip that they can carry with them. I, you know what? 
I actually, I actually do have one, and and um, forgive me if I stumble on it because it's one of those tips that you kind of like. I, I literally scrolled upon it. Um, I'm no, I'm sure that everyone is pretty much familiar um, with Toni Morrison, mm-hmm. and, and Toni Morrison said something that resonated with me, and it, and it proved to me that everything that I'm doing to give back to the community and the, the tireless hours and the hard work and I'm doing to improve the lives of everyone around me, it's, it's okay. It's working. I'm supposed to be doing this. But Toni Morrison said, when you get these jobs that you've been so brilliantly trained for, just remember that your real job is that if you are free, you need to free somebody else. And if you have some power, then your job is to empower somebody else. Mm. And so and, and that really resonated with me. So I I guess I I interpreted that as the the higher that I climb on this ladder, I'm lifting other women as well. And and I intend to do so. Um, this this is not a journey for myself. This is a journey for um, the, all of the young women that come behind me. I I fully support them. I as I always make myself available to them and and if I'm not I'll try to schedule some time in, but I am not I have no intention of climbing and making it to the top and it just being kind of lonely up here. Um, I fully intend on climbing and leaving one hand out so that someone at the bottom can grab on and we can go up together. But only if they have the intention of putting their hand out and letting someone else grab on, and they come up too. And that, and that's so important as women, especially as women, especially as women, especially black women. So we can, you know, as we climb, we can pull each other up. Because yeah, it yeah. was hard for us to get to the top. Okay, so let me reach back and help my sister. I see she's trying. Maybe she's got a little rough edges. Let me show her what to do, what to say when she walks in this room, when she pitches that idea. So she won't make the same mistakes that I did. She can reach the same level of I, that I have or even higher. So that's what it's all about. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and be receptive. Be receptive to the help. Be receptive to the love. I think that sometimes we, we close ourselves off and we don't want to be receptive. I mean, and I'm not saying you have to be receptive to everyone because, unfortunately, you have some people who, who do not have um, good intention and, mm-hmm. and who are not looking out for your best interests. And that's, that's an unfortunate situation, but it is life. But when you do have someone who is showing a genuine interest in your growth, be receptive to their criticisms, to their love, and and know that they have every intention of seeing you go higher, um, but always. But you know that that all comes with a sense of discernment as well. Being able to to, to discern who's here for you and who's here to work against you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sharice. And make sure you let people know where they can find you, like on social media. Thank you. You can find me on Instagram at Eliza Jane. That is E E L I E. Z-A-H-J-A-Y-N-E, or you can find me on Twitter at OKSharice, O-K-A-Y-Sharice, or Facebook at Sharice Gibson TV. Absolutely amazing. Sharice, thank you so much for being a part of the Gold Digger Proof podcast. You are Gold Digger approved. You are a certified gold digger. You are welcome to come on the show at any time you get ready. When you have those books that are ready to come out, make sure you come on so we can help you promote it. And thank you so much for being so great. And ladies, remember, 
remember, be great, be awesome, but always be a gold digger. Thank you so much, Sharice. Thank you.